from the Boomer and the Babe studio at the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's time for Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. Success or Failure is the show that gives you methods and principles to guide you to your best business and your best self. Now here are Tom Legering and Terry Munther. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. I'm Dr. Terry Munster, along with author and entrepreneur Tom Legering. Each month we get together on this program to discuss and share ideas for meeting personal and financial goals and improving the quality of our lives. We'll talk about the tried and true concepts found in the book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours. And we'll hear from business partners and guests, such as our guest today, Terry Summers, about their projects, success stories, and how they're finding their path to a happy, healthy, and successful life. We hope you'll join in the conversation by calling or emailing us with your thoughts and comments at blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe or www.successorfailure.org. So once again, to all our listeners, welcome to Tom. Hello and welcome from Washington State. I know you're in sunny and warm Arizona. You got that right. Warm is the operative word. It's uh, going to be 107 today. But, of course, I get to go play golf at 11.20, so life is not all bad. Life is not all bad. That's true. (laughs) For those of you who may be just tuning in for the first time, uh, Tom and I are together in Arizona for about half of the year, and we do the broadcast either from his office or from the Boomer and Babe studios. And then the other half of the year, I return to my home state of Washington State, and we do the show – I don't know if you'd call it remotely, but uh, with Tom in Arizona and uh, me in Washington State. So, so Tom, here, it's uh, beautiful. It's green. The grass is growing. It's been about 70 degrees. So uh, one of the reasons that it's always great to uh, come home for this time of year. So, But good to talk with you again. Yeah, we've we got to do a little catch-up here. Uh, I think the folks will be interested in, in what you're doing and. Are you still working with that smaller school district? I am. Yes, I came back. I have, you know, I've been retired, of course, and done a few things with you in Arizona and, and other business ventures. Uh, my 30-year-long uh, career initially, though, was in education as a teacher and an administrator, school superintendent, or CEO of school districts, which is what the superintendent is. Um, <clears throat> received a call at a small school district right where I live. Um, was requesting some help as a superintendent uh, part-time, which I could still uh, work kind of part-time in retirement, but also help the school district in leadership. And so that's what I've been doing this year. Um, And it's been fun and exciting and working with kids again and working with teachers and staff. And so kind of brought back a lot of good memories and also uh, remembering all the challenges of it, of education these days. But it's it's been good. So that has kept me uh, more in Washington State this year than than usual. But actually, Tom, we're going to, of course, when we close out school, uh, my wife and I are going to be coming back down, and we'll be seeing you in Arizona this summer in July for sure. Oh, of course, excellent. people always ask me, you're going back to Arizona in July? Sure. (laughs) We we enjoy it just about any time of year. So we'll probably see you and be doing the broadcast in July with you. So that would be good. I look forward to that. 
I'm 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 really happy for the school district that you're working for. I I know the audience may not know, uh, you know, your expertise in that field and being able to work with a smaller district. Uh, they they've got a real prize in in you, and I I know that is going to trickle down to where the kids are going to get benefits. That's that I'm I'm really happy to to know that's working out for you. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, in any job we do, no matter uh, who you are or what you're doing, your goal should be to make it better than when you came. And so that's kind of my mantra. And I have a young, uh, energetic young principal who operates the school on a daily basis, and we have that conversation often. Have we made it better today than it was yesterday? And um, as long as I think you keep that thought in mind and you keep moving forward with uh, that as a goal, you can't go too wrong. You know, see, and that, that's really what our, our radio show is about. I mean, it's success or failure. The choice is yours. And what you're doing, it, it makes you happy to do that. You have a choice to not work, which, because you are able to retire. But then you decide, well, now that I'm retired, what do I, what do, I do when I'm not working? And then you find out, well, it wasn't really work. It's what I love doing. And yeah. I just don't want to be back in it where they turn it into a grind. You know what I mean? Right. That's right. really what it is where you can name your own hours or you have a little bit of control and really be able to do some good for the district. I know I'm in a yeah. program here called Leadership West, and we're, uh, we're learning about the West Valley and, and how things work. And like tonight, the project that I'm working on is a, the growing suburban drug issue, and I I don't know if it's I, I'm sure it's up in your territory too. It's all over the country, but a Peoria police chief went to New York uh, to Washington D.C. for a council of of police chiefs, and they found that in New York the kids are able to buy heroin for the same price as a Big Mac. I mean, you you, you know, it's just like that's it's so common. How do you how do you get to these kids? How do you get to the parents so the parents can help teach? And that's really what we're talking about. How how can you look at your lives and all this bad stuff that's available to go down the wrong path? And how do you get yourself on the right path? And that that's really what what we're looking at at doing. Uh, I I know tonight I'll, I'll be up at uh, the uh, Christian Christ Church of the Valley uh, up in Peoria from about 4:30 to 8:30, and we have we hope to get about 600 people to show up for that, and we're trying to get the parents to recognize that they're parents and they have to look at their kids, and when their kids are doing something wrong, they have to be on top of it. You can't. It, and if the parent doesn't know because they're too busy trying to keep life and limb together for themselves and think the kids are going to care because they're working hard and putting food on the table, that doesn't get it because the kid has got no responsibilities or the parent with time to uh, to work with them. So that's really the reason that I, I wrote my book. And now at this stage in my life, I'm looking at how do you how do you give back and help people that really need to be helped and today 
I have Terry Summers with us. Uh, she's been uh, through a, a, a life affecting part of her life for almost 20 years, and she's even though she's got a lot of pressures on her to keep her family together and and be the the breadwinner and get some good things for her own life, you know, and still taking care of her kids. Uh, how do you how do you do that? And as we were talking before, Terry, we were that um, you have to have a plan, right? Right. That is one of the things I like about the book, is because we we you know you can experience hardship, and then when you begin to see people that are successful, and you're like, I really want to go in that direction, especially people with kids. You you like you said, you've got to watch out for those kids, and when you realize how greatly and how much you have to defend them. <clears throat> you see how much you really have to really pull things together and have a plan, not only as a parent, but as a business person, even a homeowner, or even in your own life. And I've had the privilege of uh, now I do reverse mortgages. And so I am seeing the, the full spectrum of the whole life cycle. And you, you see, you know, the kids and what they do and how much they can almost destroy their lives in those early years or, you know, all the way up to people into retirement and, and how, how the planning is, is the whole story. It, it, without, you, you know, you can see the, the good planning and the lack of planning mm-hmm. and what it's done. And, I mean, that has spoken volumes to me, and that really made me decide I have got to have a plan. And I've on purpose been going, I mean, sometimes something as simple as if it is to be, it's got to be me. It has to be me. If, it, no, if it is to be it's up to it's up me. To me. I knew it was those ten <laughs> two-letter words. I, it I am getting it. through. <laughs> it matters, and you know, when I quote that to other people too, I go, no, no, no more excuses. I go, let me share you something with you. It's, you know, if it if it is to be, it's up to me. Which it's you. You have to, you know, and having that guide. This and I notice it. It keeps having a guide. It keeps popping up in a new level all the time, and it keeps you on track. Like I see there's a lot of things that I've accomplished, but to, to when my goal is like at the end of the day, I want to end well, and I really want to help my kids. And the only way to help my kids, one, like you said, is to strengthen myself. I had to be strong, not be a victim, get my financial things in order, and a part of that I have to say one of the beautiful, beautiful things about this book is not everybody talks about the whole person. Get that, that I could actually wrap my uh, the balance of the the spiritual of taking care of me physically, you know, mentally, emotionally, all those parts, and how to compartmentalize them. Take time to take care of each one, and it also helped me see. Wow, you know, I've got these four areas in place, pretty strong. Got that tacked down, and because somebody else outlined it for me, it really I could see where I was lacking. And, and I thought, you know, I've got to work a little bit more on that area. And, because, and as I can bring myself into balance, I begin to achieve more. Those steps actually work. They actually work. And then I'm able to share this with young people. Yeah. And, and now, and, and even in counseling, sometimes talking to older people, we're, we have some that just have never had a plan. But I like that I have that full, that whole view of, of, of that success along the way. So when, when, when we learn these principles, I could even talk to someone else who's even older than me that maybe didn't have a plan and get them in a plan. At, at any point in time, they can just at least begin to get on track. It's it, what we were 
Gary, we were talking earlier uh, about, you know, going through the book, and and Terry said that, Terry Summers, our guest, said that she hasn't read everything in the book, but she's picked up points. And what happens is, that's the beautiful part of this, is it's very simple, but you don't have to do the whole program. You just have to... You, you'll recognize when something changes in your life and that you're the person that's making that change. And if you don't know how to change, you just have to figure out what outcome do you want to visualize. And what I was saying before we got started is um, that I've found that there's a, I, can, I can give people the book, but I can't give them knowledge. They got to accept the knowledge. They have to read it. They have to make it part of them. And so I was thinking, well, there's some, there's some big changes. You know, why, why is some people able to make changes and other people not making changes? And I start thinking about it. And this, I'm going to read this because I, I kind of put it together. So I don't want to, I don't want to sound just like a parrot, but I'm going to be a parrot. Uh, Today, making change in your life is very hard to do. One theory states there are stages a person must go through to achieve a life-changing event. And I think that once you have got a plan, that is a life-changing event. And the first stage is pre-contemplative. I don't even know that... There's a plan out there that will fit me. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow because I can't feed myself today. My husband beat me, and I've got to stay out of his way. i got to protect my kids. i got, I got to, and I can only, if I can make it for another half an hour, I'll be doing, that's my plan. Well, the idea is you don't recognize that a change is necessary or you're relying on things that will just happen. Stage two, contemplating change but having no specific plans or understanding that a written plan is necessary to initiate your change. Stage three is starting, yes, starting. Developing a vision of how you will look, feel, and be in charge of your new life. Then knowing how much it costs to be in that space, and having a written plan to achieve that kind of income so that you can enjoy your new vision. The idea is taking the vision and knowing where you're going to be in five years and making steps to get there. And if you can visualize what that place that you want to be, how do I want to be? Not the dream that I've got in my my life. My husband beats me, but... Uh, I get these other benefits. No, that's not that's not a plan. So, and that shouldn't be your vision. And then stage four is m- the maintenance stage. This is where you must fight to not fall back into old, bad, destructive habits. That means reading your plan every day, morning and night. You you can put down your plan. You can make a hundred page plan, but you want to. Put your synopsis, your executive summary on one page and read it morning and night. And here it 
with uh, our book, Success or Failure, we offer a simple, practical way to move through these four steps. Precognitive, I want to change by establishing a vision and having a written plan to develop change that will build on your success over time. Change the journey and the process starts your understanding of whatever you can conceive you can achieve. And you have the vision, written plan, and a decision to achieve your success. And we're here to assist you on your journey. So I'm thinking of a rewrite to the book, and I'm thinking about putting something like that in there. What do you think about that, Terry? Yeah, I think that's excellent. Um, you know, I, I think it goes through stages on a different level from, you know, the, the book is is a guide, it, you know, it's a, it's a map, if you will, a step-by-step, step. but that actually is kind of some of the underlying, you know, social, emotional issues that I think you have to realize to get through the steps. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm full on with that. The, the only other thing I would, I would add is as, as we talk about the book and its, you know, steps and we talk about those four steps and bringing it back to a conversation Terry was having, and, and we've, we've all mentioned whether it's schools and you working with parents tonight, is typically it takes a team. You know, the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And so um, I think it's also important that as we go through those four steps or through the steps of the book, that we realize we're going to probably, while it's up to me, as we say, we're going to need some help. Um, we're going to need some sponsors. We're going to need some assistance or guidance um, because, you know, as humans, we don't, we just don't work in a bubble. And so, as a, as an educator, children who are successful have successful teams around them, whether that's parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles or teachers, administrators. But everyone is putting together a plan, if you will, for the success of that child. And as adults, if we're going through your book, that's why you and I have offered mentoring, tutoring, phone calls, emails, assistance, because while all of that is step-by-step step and, and you think, well, I can write that down and I can do that plan, at some point we're going to need someone to talk to, someone to assist us, someone to be part of our success story. And so I, I guess I would just offer that as, as kind of another underlying or surrounding, enveloping idea that as we write our plan for success, we should also write in the plan, how am I going to have the support to help me get there? Well, I know it's up to me. Who can I count on for some support and guidance? I, I, I think that's spot on. That's exactly what we're talking about. And that's what we're trying to do is get people to go to our website, which is successorfailure.org. Uh, you can read some information there. I, I'm not keeping it up. I'm not trying to sell the book and make a living at it. So I have to do this as, as my time permits. Uh, the, all the proceeds, the profits from the book go to help autistic kids. Uh, we teach them social skills and motor skills here at uh, the Sun City Country Club. I have two PGA professionals that put programs on to help at least 10 kids at a time, and they go through a one-month program, one hour every Saturday. And the, the idea is we are a backup team, but the individual has to 
sit and decide. Our guest has to sit down and make an appointment with herself and sit down <laughs> with her book and go through it and kind of figure out, okay, here's here's how this thing goes. It it goes in four steps. Define success, balance your life, set six steps to reach all of your goals, how to get started. You are the business and it's the business of you first. You this is not about how you take care of all the other people in the world. I can't take care of one more person if I don't have my needs met, if I am not able to feed and clothe myself. I'm not giving you half of the shirt off of my back because that would just be two idiots walking around with half a shirt. So that that doesn't make any sense. But how can the two of us get together and produce more and be more efficient in what we're doing? And, and give 100% to that. Yeah. Give 100% to taking care of yourself because you're That's not going to be able you know, you're like, you're a very good, I just say an excellent picture of success. So if I was looking at somewhere, I know I love to help people. I absolutely love it. I get a lot of joy out of it. I can see that that's why that you do too. And, but to see, one, I had to become strong to even help my kids. And I'm noticing how many young people I'm sharing this same stuff with, sharing this book with, sharing the whole out. And I loved the stages because I see I'm at stage four. <laughs> and so I really have been working through quite a bit of it, and I have done the budget you know, I'm really working at, and I saw a lot of things that I could do to start to improve my life, and I'm working towards those goals. And I do like what you said, too, about just the journey. I'm learning to enjoy the journey. Just now that I feel like I have some focus, that I'm moving towards success, and an even greater is I've got other mentors around me that I'm watching, and I'm encouraged to see what they've done with their lives, filling up their bucket list, and then successfully having the ability to go and care and help those things you're so passionate about. I'm so passionate about so many of the same things, those domestic violence victims, those kids that are out there on drugs trying to get through school. And I, I am. But I realize if, if we don't get successful ourselves, then we're just we limited can. and we can just dream. Yeah. But if you want to help them enough, you just, you know, and number one, I wanted to help my kids, and I realized I have got to. So and seeing that discipline and seeing that it actually does work for other people really motivates me to say that's a working plan. And I have... I've actually done more of it than I remembered at first. You know, I was like, this is tremendous. And, like, having that business plan, actually taking the time, like you said, if you don't put your hands on it and get in it and work in it, and what an eye-opener that is. A lot of times <laughs> you think you have it figured out, but until you've put it on paper. It doesn't exist. And I have a plan, and I've been able to relate it to my other family members and build a dream. And so now... And I told them, we have got to get on the same page because we're working together. We can't right. be working against each other. We've got to, and it's so motivating, and it's been uplifting to my family. And even when we go through tough times, we still have a vision, which adds quality of life. Even in a tough time, to have a vision it's, is, is that, great. That is so perfect because the idea of, well, even though you get tough times, everybody's going to get tough times. Right. But if everybody is working together and understands and tries to share the burden, then there's a way of getting through it. And that's that's really what this thing is about. And don't is, lose focus. Yeah. You, don't, you don't drive off the road because a dust storm blows by. I mean, you know, I mean, well, that's a bad saying. In Arizona, yeah. we do get off the road because yeah. a dust storm. But, but, you know, in other words, in times of, times of trouble, you stay on task. You stay, keep your focus. Mm -hmm. And that focus is the only thing sometimes that will get you through that hard time. And So how do you do that without a plan? Yeah. That very just 
the plan itself so powerful of keeping you on track. Yeah. Terry, is there some way that that uh, kids in school can learn some of this stuff, or is this too, um, um, I don't know, too, uh, too pushy for them? No, no, and I think, you know, in different places, it is, especially, you know, if you've got really good school counselors or social work people or just, you know, teachers who are good mentors. I think these sorts of things are are being taught, um, you know, whether it's a curriculum piece, you know, that's always difficult now that everything is so kind of set about what we have to teach and, you know, make sure that we we're having kids pass the test, et cetera. So some of some of it is difficult to get to, but I think within good teaching or good counseling, as we talk to kids, you know, hopefully we're talking to kids about making a plan, make you know, being able to write your plan, being because you know part of that for little kids is imagination. You know, right. uh, what do you want to be when you grow up, and what's that going to take to get there, and that sort of discussion. So I, I think. Whether it's it's direct or in a roundabout way, I think I think it's there. I think it could it could be a lot more direct, you know, if if uh, you could have it in the curriculum. But that that's always a challenge. You guys have struck a total chord in my heart right there. I have to tell you, one of the me ta- I talk to a lot of kids who are struggling, falling down, trying to get back up. You know, go to church. We've got you know a whole group of you know huge family, lots of kids, nieces, nephews. And and I and again I work with senior citizens, so I've had the ability to see kind of that whole life picture. And a real burden to me has been, and I've been wanting to reach out to some young people and teach them about financing and what does a mortgage loan look like, and if they really saw the interest on that, how much they might save ahead of time. And but but that clarity of looking at the timeline of life, and if they if if we could communicate to young people. And, and really, I like that you can pick it up at any point in time in life, but how much better for them to learn it when they're young, to see that timeline and how critical it is during those teenage and early years to begin to put a plan in place. How much better would they retire? But they don't even have the concept of what I do in my teenage years is going to affect me for the rest of my life. The, the whatever marriage that you have is going to affect you. Whatever, you know, going to school, how important it is for you to actually finish school and for them to look at all those other steps in that timeline and what they might want to accomplish and dream, because they don't have that vision, they're lost. You, you, you've spoken so much to every single kid in America. That would be, if we could teach them the timeline, if you could communicate that, if get the focus, have the goal, you, you would turn around. These kids have lost focus. They watch TV and they think that's what we have. I can't tell you the number of kids, either these girls want to be beauticians, or go to beauty school, or everybody wants to be a rapper. I just scratch my head like, I, not everybody. There's some kids who just have to focus, but those are the kids that have had guidance. The kids that don't have that guidance, they don't have the focus. They don't have a, a deciding where to go. They haven't even thought about having a plan. And and what a huge, huge difference. That, if I could say, just that's been a passion for me right there, is, is young people constantly saying, you know, you got to have a plan. Have that goal. Well, see, just like what you're doing, if you do it for yourself and then you get your kids to do it. And they're and then, to see you then, do it. Yeah, because, they, yeah, if they see you doing it, then that's that's where this stuff starts. Is You know, I had a conversation with a gentleman that's running for Congress, and he 
He says, the schools all need <clears throat> more money, and <clears throat> everybody needs more money. So that that's nothing new, but they're not run like a business. And, you know, and I don't want to – that's Terry's area. I mean, he, he knows <laughs> the, the good and the bad of it and, and has lived with it. But I've gone to several <clears throat> of the local schools, uh, high school and the um, – and, and a grade school, I actually had a conversation with a third grader about the Great Barrier Reef. And, I mean, this little kid was, he knew a lot about it for not having been there. And it's just amazing how much data is available to him. And then to be able to help him put it in perspective was really fun. But then when I went to the college, to the high school, <clears throat> saw the kids that were the more advanced kids and they were just doing remarkable stuff. But their big complaint with teachers was that when they went to, like, a crafts thing or something like that, the teacher was actually buying a lot of the supplies <clears throat> themselves. So the schools, the teachers need more money, and the schools need money to buy the, the equipment for, for those kids. But, you know, then not all of the money is, is spent like a businessman would spend it to get them the education. So that's a whole big political thing that I don't want to go there. And Maybe we can get the politicians. The politicians may think they know yeah. it, but we've got a better, better it, planning. Yeah, it's it's just we all got to vote, and we we live in the society, but we got to take care of ourselves first, and then we can reach out to help the other people because we need the help as much as anybody. And the point is that... Once you figure out that you can have anything that you want, if it's a lot of money or if it's a lot of fame or whatever it is, and you're willing to focus to get that, you can have it. I mean, given your your particular talents, some people that are not very talented get to be very rich. They just find people that are very talented, and they work with them. So, or I have to tell you, one one guy in business that is just phenomenal to me, and he is not a genius in any way, shape, or form. Do you know what he does? He follows the steps that were given to him simply. He doesn't do anything. He stays on that path. Yep. I tend to think out of the box and sometimes jump out of the box, which sometimes I needed to stay in the box, you know, and stick with the plan. But he methodically follows a, a, a business plan almost, I mean, and it looks like it may be boring or whatever. You cannot deny his success. Yeah. I and stick to a plan. I worked with a gentleman that had a... Um, 80, 87 IQ, and you'd think, well, this guy can't even tie his shoes. But he was, he didn't have, you couldn't talk about any esoteric things. You had to talk about exactly what you were talking about in very simple forms. And I asked him, I said, well, what do you want to do? And this is 25 years ago. And I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, I want to own a property on the Strand. And I said, well, what you got to do is, get on your bicycle and ride the strand. This is in Manhattan, Hermosa, and Redondo Beach. And I said, ride up and down the strand. That's where you want to buy something. And you get me all the, the signs that say for sale, and I'll go work on it, and we'll get you one. Today he owns six properties on the strand. He was He's a, uh, he's a union uh, person that works out of the studios. And... He didn't know any different, so sometimes he would work 20 hours a day and get double and triple time and all kinds of stuff. He figured that stuff out. He figured if he worked, he got money, 
and if he got money, he could have his place on the Strand. And we did some things for him to get him in his pro- in his property. I mean, he's basically a multimillionaire. Every one of the properties down there is worth in excess of $3 million. And this is not a genius, you know, but all he did was know he wanted to own property on the Strand. That was as far as his... That's what I'm trying to tell people. It doesn't have to be an elaborate, uh, multi-phase thing, although it can be, but you don't need to do that. You just you just need to get your vision of what do you want in your life because this is not a dress rehearsal. This is the one time through. It's one and done. And so when you, unless you're in a different religion than, than I've been raised in, but, you know, <laughs> while we're here on planet Earth, that's what I, it seems like it is for us. And as I'm looking at things like that and trying to figure out, well, how do you make it better? Well, you you make you get yourself so that you can you can take care of yourself financially, and that that is the big burden. Everybody has that burden. How do we feed ourselves? How do we then? How do we feed our family? And how do we get our family to get past? I just need to feed myself, and I can have more and greater things and as as that whole group starts working um i mean i have three kids and uh uh it, you look at it and i would say they're all doing what makes them happy now did they do exactly what i wanted and what was in my plan for them no but that's the whole point i'm happy because they are and that's that's the whole point it, it doesn't matter if you want to own the Taj Mahal, or if you want to build it. It's what is it that you want to do and then really love doing it. But I, yeah. I, I'm i doing more talking than, than listening to you, Terry. I, I, <laughs> no, I, and I'm going to have to bail on you guys because I've got some, some things to take care of here, and I told you I could uh, be on for a half hour or so. But I, I guess I would just add to the discussion, and again, you know, given my role uh, today, uh, put on my educator hat. And I was thinking about kids, Terry, when you were talking about, you know, thinking long term. And then as Tom was talking, I said, well, really, it's probably just not kids. One of the things we have to remember is people also, if they can build a lifelong plan or a goal, but they're going to need short-term reward. And so as as part of the long-term plan, you know, I've still got to have something at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month that I can see success. And and so as we work with kids, you know, some kids, well, we may just say to a student, if you make it through the day or you do really well all day long on on your subjects today, you get to come into my office and get a reward at the end of the day. And we can talk about you need to go to school and you need to graduate and you need to go to college and or whatever you want to do to become the architect you want to become. But of course for kids, I think up through teenage years anyway, they're not going to die. And so there's always time, there's always tomorrow, and that's a long way off. And, and, but I think that may be true also with many of the adults we work with is yeah, yeah, you can tell me I, I've got to do all these things in this long-term plan, but I still do have to eat today, and I've got to have something that means something short-term or at the end of the week. So, Tom, as you're dealing with 
parents or the or kids and Terry you too I would just keep that in mind that yeah we've got to have them have a plan but within the plan especially for our youth they've got to have real short-term goals and short-term success because they're just not geared to think about being 45 years old because that's an old man or woman and and that's not part of their life today so you know I I, I think that's just something I, I think we need to follow the book, follow the plan. I love your four steps. But within that, build short-term success, which keeps our feet moving forward. That's excellent. Terry, I really appreciate it, and I know that that you were really pressed for time today. So I want to thank you very much for joining, and I look forward to seeing you next next month. We'll do the show right from City Country Club. Uh, Yeah, I'll be wearing shorts, which I'm not today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks a lot. All right, good to talk with you both again. Thank you, Terry, for joining us. Tom, I know you can do a good wrap on this and and good discussion today. So thank you all and thank our listeners uh, for listening in. Talk later. Okay, bye. Yeah, and I just want to let the the audience know Terry is is back working and he gives a, a very good value to a small school district in in uh, by Spok- north of Spokane, Washington. And uh, Terry, at one time when he was working, was in charge of many school districts. So this, uh, and he's seen anything that can happen in uh, good and bad that can happen in education. But uh, he's back helping people because that's what we like to do. It seems like it's inbred in us that we like to help people. I've talked to, I, I teach at Eve's Place this same information out of the book, and we went from 10% of the people getting employment when they left the shelter to over 78% getting employment and actually having some form of a written plan. Would I say that was a perfect one or a complete one? No, but they knew that there was something else out there for them, and it was a matter of them doing something to to get toward a solid platform that they could work. Uh, just to let our, our audience know, um, our phone number here, if you have a question, you can call in, 1-917-388-4162. And if anyone is here listening, uh, our shows go up on... Uh, are archived, and any one of them that, that we talk about, you can see on just by going to uh, uh, boomerandthebabe.com and uh, look up blog talk radio boomerandbabe.com. So it's, uh, it's that's, that's part of it, but I think, Terry, maybe we'll just uh, go for another 10 minutes or so. Do you have that much time? I do today. Okay, so we'll just do another 10. And what I want to do is is start in the book. Um, and we'll go to page one, which is the table of contents. And there's an introductory page, and there's a little bit about the authors. My son and I wrote the book, and I basically tried to read it, write it for my kids. That's what the purpose of it was, so that I could leave something behind to let them see what is necessary. I've created kind of a monster in my life. It, I, the more I get things squared away, the more I have to 
expand into territories that are not squared away. So uh, that's and that's all part of my plan of what I. Too much is given. Yeah. No, that. Too much is required. Yeah, that's the more the more benefits you give you get, the more benefits you have to give out, and that's just part of of being here. But um, my son is is here in in Phoenix. He has a property management business. Uh, my daughter in California has. Her property, her property management business is the family. She's running the business that I started, and uh, then my my uh, oldest daughter Michelle. She's uh, uh, a teacher helping uh, uh, special needs kids, and <clears throat> I I really admire anybody that can work with those kids over a long period of time. She's been doing it about fifteen years, so that that's really a, a a, a give back. So I feel that, you know, if you look at each one of our lives, can we look in there and say, oh, yeah, well, this is, you got this problem and this problem and this problem and this problem. You know, you could just sit and talk about all your problems. Or you can look at a, each one of them as a challenge and an opportunity. So an opportunity knocks all the time. But if all you can do is figure out how I'm going to get my next Big Mac, you know, I, I want to eat, how am I going to do that, uh, you're not going to see opportunities that are available to you. It's like when you were talking earlier and you're working with older people and you show them how to do a reverse mortgage and they find out they can get money while they're alive, they can teach their kids how to make their own money, mm-hmm. you know, that's the whole point of it. You don't need to build up a big amount of money to leave your family, but you do need to leave your family with the opportunities to make all they want. Right. Well, even though it's a great loan and they get a lot of money, still never to lose the focus of the big picture. Yeah. So even though I run into people, I'm like, oh, sure, great program or whatever, but... I don't like to do anything without, again, this training goes with me in so many ways. And I always ask, but is this going to be a good fit for the big picture? Because we really need to think about the big picture. And let's think down the road. Is this the right thing down the road? Let's look at all those things that are down the road. And are you taking the right road? Mm-hmm. And so just that, that whole retirement picture, I, I never like to look at it as just one single thing. And like like in this book, if you can think of all of the, getting that balance, those six things, those, those many things of taking the time to find that balance for each one, like stress. If stress is out of control in your life, I know someone who's going through horrendous stress right now, and it's difficult for her to even think. And other people may, may kind of joke and just, and people can get you down when they see you stressing. One of the greatest things, so to teach good principles about that, when they're stressed, one, don't get around anybody that's going to give you a hard time or make you feel small. Get away from them. And you think positively. That's another good thing about a book like this. It, It reminds you to stay positive. Stay focused on you. Build yourself up. And realize if you're going through stress, be nice to yourself. Don't become your own worst enemy and beat yourself down. Focus and take care of that stress because it is inhibiting all those other things. So into balance, we're looking for that weak spot, and we're going to go shore up that weak spot. If someone's so stressed they can't even think, I can work on all that other stuff. What, what stress, see, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Stress is, they say, if I only had the money, I could do this. Almost 90% of people's stresses 
is the fact they don't have the money to do X or Y. Right, and then even, yeah, so sometimes the money creates that stress or they're too stressed to go out and... I I got to go get the money because I want to do this and I don't really like doing this. That makes me the money, but I have to do that and I don't like it. Uh, There was a study done from Harvard and they said 70% of the people working uh, hated their jobs, not disliked them, but hated them. And here's my point. Is that in your plan? Is it in your plan to work at some job that no matter how much or how little you make, you hate getting up in the morning and you hate going into work? You can't get, wait to get home so you can relieve your stress from the hateful job. There's almost like no dream there. And That's you've got it. to keep that dream. That's this the whole point. The dream. If there's no dream of I can get there. You know, because then you just think, I'm stuck, this is all I can do. So, one, you must dream. Dream, yeah. dream, and dream. And w- that starts to make you, like, just, just look off and say, that is something that I can yeah. do and I want to do. And I can. I just have to find that way. So it, I, I so agree that if you, you first have to have that idea. If you've got that want and that desire to go forward, you will find that way. One of my goals was to be around much more successful people. I can honestly say I'm sitting there. I'm sitting right here next to the CEO of the Sun City Country Club. You know, I mean, 10 years ago, I would have never in my wildest dreams imagined that. You know, and I'm surrounded by it, and I meet daily very successful people. I've met some of the just phenomenal people that add quality to my life, enjoyment, but I can go and share so much of this stuff with my kids. And it started with uh, that determination of I'm going to dream. This is not all there is, and I could see no way out. But that number one was that dream. Get that glimpse. You can. You know, and that's why I tell people, don't, don't let that choke you out. If you, if you, sometimes something as simple as picking up a book and going through it, you know that this is going to begin to build your dream. When I can read somebody else's success and that that's what they did, you mean this something so it's such a simple process of sit down and go through this is actually a beginning of your path, or you got people who are greatly successful, but then they kind of hit a point and stop. You know, yeah. they're working, they're making for their kids, they're putting away their college money and stuff, but I run into a lot of people that didn't prepare for their retirement. They worked so hard to get to that goal where they got the kids taken care of, they got, so I'm really seeing this at a need at every level. That's why I keep bringing go. up that timeline, at every level. I mean, because, I mean, I'm meeting people 50, 60, even, I know I have run into a, a case of a gal who is 73, still working, owns her own home, but had been so busy working, taking care of her kids, taking care of her house, that now at this point when she's finally achieved that, looking into retirement, it's almost a blank picture. Yeah. There's no no goal, no outline, There's no, no dream. There's no me in it. But it's nice. They didn't put themselves in it. Yes, or, or finishing that timeline. What will I do to provide for myself as well at that time? And my dad is someone who did very well up into the end and left an inheritance for his kids. That was a great thing, and because I got to see that, it also I've added that to my goal list. And and now because I've seen some other people who didn't even have a, a plan in their retirement, now I'm seeing I'm talking to financial advisors, and you know would love to glue them together with the kids, these young people, to get them. And and I do see the financial advisors are going and speaking to young people about please take a look at the whole financial picture, and when you see their lives improved, and and having that dream of going forward and what they it's really sad to see someone who's worked all their life and now they really almost have very just pennies to retire on and they've worked hard and been beautiful people all their life and they've lived up to all the things that they planned for but they didn't plan for themselves and that's what i'm trying 
doesn't matter how old you are. If you're, I'm 76, yeah, and I'm constantly knowing that I have to do things in my plan. I look at my plan. I change my plan. I alter my plan every year. I'm on a year. <laughs> how many thing. times have you retired? You said seven. <laughs> and then you like know, it. I'm a failure. I can't retire, so I decided I'm just going to do what I love, and I need to make as much money as as I need, my wife and I need. Now, we used to blow through fifteen or $20,000 a month like there was no problem. I mean, we didn't want for anything financially, but on the other hand, we weren't happy. Now we live on about 3000 a month, and we're very happy. Isn't and that tremendous? The point is, is we found out we don't want to be consumers. Our government says, go out and spend. And I say, go out and produce. Don't go out and consume and buy a bunch of stuff from foreign countries so that they can raise their standard of living and we drop ours. No, we need to think of <clears throat> what is it that we need to make us happy and figure out how much does that cost and go out and make a plan to get that much stuff and then the the extra money that comes in, what you want to do is figure out how to save 10% of what you bring in and that's called pay me first. And it's not anything that you give to your kids. It's not anything you do for this. That's You can give to your kids after you've got you taken care of. So the, to leave something for the other people that's in your life, what you want to do is you get a check and it's $100. $10 goes into the me account. That's you. And you put it in your account and you just let it sit there until you can find an investment because the money can work harder than you can work. So you have to figure out how to get enough money working. It goes out and comes back in so you don't have to go out. You can go out. And I bet you could speak a lot to to the temptation that people get when they've got their 10% set aside and then something kind of happens they maybe want to do and get tempted to blow it. Yeah, if they car. don't have that long-term car. focus and that long-term, <laughs> I've seen it on a whole lot of things, yeah. you know, especially a kid pops up with a need or a, a kid's wedding want. or that second house. Right. Yeah, they don't pop up with needs as much as wants. So even if you get people saving, you got them on the track. So mm-hmm. now they're, they've got a plan. So now they're setting aside 10% and they're doing some of, other, some, of, some of those important things. And then here comes temptation to kind of shatter that. And they've got to have their eye on that finished goal of really where they're going. And how critical it is to be one preparing for retirement. I don't. I, pe- young people don't even have a clue. They don't even think of it, and they can sing, They can destroy their lives in their early twenties and thirties yeah. by incurring a huge amount of debt and almost never getting out of that cycle. Learning how to be in debt instead of saving and being ahead. Going to college and get a hundred twenty thousand dollars student loan and no job. Now, how does that work? Yeah, and the whole separate school yeah. of thought between saving and building the, 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 and the, borrowing. The point that that you're on is. You save the money and you have a plan to invest the money. And what there was an old timey book written about this, and the idea is that the money has to generate other money. 
And when that money comes in, so you don't spend your principal, you, if you have enough money, you can spend your interest. If you don't, I mean, if, if the interest is enough to support you, then the other money that comes in, you just invest that. So you set up what, this is how much I need. This is my vision. I want my house with white picket fence. I want my Mercedes. I want my double walk-in closet, and I want this, and I want that, and I want uh, a sub-zero refrigerator and, and appliances. I want all that stuff. Okay, that's not a problem. I don't have any problem with somebody that wants to do that. But buy that stuff, the material stuff, with excess funds. The money goes out and earns enough to support you, and it goes out and buys your other stuff. So what you later do, have a job of watching your money. When I was, so is, how much wisdom is there in owning a Mercedes with you having no savings and money building and growing? That's, Why are you comparing those two things? Yeah. yeah. So, so along the line, when you're mentoring people, you kind of stop them when they're doing things like that and say, wait now, and if you could send them in the other direction of, are you going to go buy that $50,000 car or are you going to buy a $20,000 car and put that other 30000 somewhere, making it work because you have got tomorrow off to face. Yeah. And you what got, about here you got a $500 payment. You got a $500 payment on the Mercedes, or you can buy this little car that just takes you back and forth because that's really all you do anyway is go back and forth. So I got this little car, and I yeah, but for 200, and what you do is take 300 and put it in savings to build for an investment fund, and then once you don't have to start thinking, well, what am I going to invest in? No, you just build up the money. So that you can then, when you have time, because now I know I got at least six months of cash built up, and that's right. since and I was a kid. When that hard time hits, if you were to look at that person who spent their yeah. money on that high car payment, tied up all their money because they were achieving all those things, and then this person who maybe chose to be a little more conservative and have some some funds set aside, when hard times hit, which one of those is going to endure that battle yeah. and still be standing? Well, this one one may scrape by or fail. And, and then the other one can just really endure through that. I mean, that that isn't that a, a strong thing about setting aside in good times? And, yeah, and we, we don't see people do that. See, that's what, the, before you spend or invest, you need six months of money that sits in a bucket. The untouchable. That isn't to, that's your food money. That's what pays my rent. That's the the money that I'm going to fall back on. The money above that is what I can invest in. I'm never going to invest all of my money in one thing uh, because at first you're not that smart. And like the, the story goes, a man with money meets a man with experience, and shortly thereafter their positions exchange. <laughs> so, you know, and that's the whole point is now like what you're doing, you actually have something where the that you're – getting people on a program where they get tax-free cash that comes into them while they still, they're not selling their house. They get to stay in their house until they pass away. And then whatever's left can go to the kids. But while they're alive, it goes to them. And it creates their lifestyle. And I've still had the privilege of watching people use that money wisely Mm -hmm. 
and not wisely. Yeah, they can and go invest. They've got a credit line that, it, that grows. And if that credit line grows, and one thing, and because, again, of this training now, I sit with people who are my seniors, and I say, if you use this credit line and even don't touch it, let it grow. I think Yeah, go ahead. Then, well, just thinking of that future, preparing and planning for the future, instead of sometimes like, oh, we have this and just take it and burning it all up. We still, even, even at 75, 85, and 95, they still need to be preparing and thinking about tomorrow. And I love learning the wisdom of using the money well. I, I see we're just about out of time. My uh, producer is probably going to be stepping on my toes shortly. Um, but anyway, we'd like to finish up, and I want to thank uh, Terry Summers, our guest here in Sun City at the Sun City Country Club, and Terry Munther, who's helping out a, a small school district in, in uh, Washington State. Um, and I invite all of you to call in any time. Uh, you can look up our, our show on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash boomer and babe. Uh, later in the show, okay, I went into some other stuff there. But the idea is you can call in, and I want to thank Everyone that, that does listen to us, we're, we are gaining a few listeners every month. Uh, but the idea is you can listen to any of the shows. We're, when, you, when you listen to us, it's pretty much a different slant on the same subject. It's you have to have something in writing. You have to have a plan. You have to have first you start with the vision and know that you can attain any goal that you will set your mind and focus on. Yeah, Thank you very much. Success or failure, the choice is yours, and you get to define what success means. That's reaching your goals. Happiness is being liking what your success is, the goals that you reach, and I'm happy with that outcome. That's happiness. Success is just reaching your goals. It could be making money. I want to make a pile of money. Okay, that's good. But does that make you happy? And the answer is no. It makes you more responsible. Now you have to manage that. So life is good, and I'll let you all go. Thank you very much for tuning in. You've been listening to Success or Failure with Tom Legering and Terry Munther. Successor Failure is a Boomer and the Babe Enterprises radio production. I'm too. I'm Boomer and the Babe.com. Both of us. Yeah, but it was really good.